in the day, black in the night. Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly. The beast is awake, orange, black and white. Cause when the jungle come alive, who day we ignite in Cincinnati, we gon' rise in This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats and the back-to-back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,367 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter X and you have yet to subscribe to my YouTube channel, please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button at the bell for notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chats. So, at first, we got Mark Walters on right now. Crazy man. We're going to talk a little Bengals. Then later, I'm going to roll up into the Bearcats. We'll be talking to, to Neil Meyer. So if you got any questions you want to ask Mark or Neil or want to support the show, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you from this glorious place down here. It's the Ice Cave, and the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And you know what? We're at most days, but we're talking Bearcats, so I got Bearcats stuff on today. But if you want any of the uh, Jackpot Joey gear, it is at jackpotjoey9.com portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Foundation the beer is at Brick Brewery I just found out that Delhi Kroger's has Jackpot Joey beer now everybody you have to at least save me a six pack when I can get up there and buy one All right, so please save me one but it is at Delhi Kroger so on my Delhesians west side peep it is up there 
Uh, again, all the portion or portions of proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hungry Fund and the Joe Burrow Foundation. What is up to everybody in the chat? Strangers in there, Brad's in there, Kevin's in there. Brad says, uh, he, Leslie heard of Bearcats by two, which hey, that's what I heard. The number is going up now. What's uh gonna be difficult for me is watching the game because the game doesn't start to freaking 10 30 and I gotta be at work at like four in the morning on Saturday. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the whole thing or not, or just not having any, any uh, sleep. What's up, Lindsay? Robert, what's going on? What's good, Jeff? And those in Who Day Life, go Bearcats. Nice to chime in. Bengals and Brewers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you guys missed any of Bengals and Brewers earlier today, it was awesome. My boy Corey Dillon was on there with him. Pork chop at him. Chopped it up. They buried the hatchet. Pork chop is a huge Corey Dillon fan now. Corey Dillon is a huge pork chop fan. So make sure you guys go check that one out. Anyway, Nayron, what's up, Paul? What is up? Let's get to the crazy man. He is third down guy, Mark Walters. It's third down. Yes, sir. How we doing, Strawberry Eyes? Good, man. Hey, nice hat. I like that hat. It looks good on you. I know. Hey, you know why I'm wearing this hat? Because um, this guy's going to have a breakout game on hell Sunday. Yeah, he is. Hell yeah, he is. You know, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. People say his calf is hurting. Like the money's getting through his head. But no, it's, it's he's going to score about three passing touchdowns. I'm calling it right now. Ooh. Now, I'll tell you this. I went down to the, to the practice day and watched him on the bridge. He he ran. I, he jogged across the field. I saw him. Right. No limp. He looked perfectly fine. Now, he was jogging. He wasn't in full sprint or anything like that. And I saw him make a couple of pretty good passes to T. Higgins. Looking pretty good to me, right. but like I said in my tweet, I'm no doctor, but we'll see. You know, I think exactly. I think he's going to be better than he was Monday night because, like he said in his press conference yesterday, he's like, you know, I just got to manage the pain and manage the, the you know, the getting healed up. And he said, the longer I go without having a setback, the better it's going to get. So I'm like, I mean, if you watch the Ravens game, watch the last drive. He was running mm-hmm. around like he had no pain. Now, I think he kind of forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. that is like that maybe why he he did it a little bit too much. And the cast like, hey 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 hey, I still I, I'm still hurt down here, so you gotta be take it easy with me. So that's where you know that I it's going to be an issue. Hopefully not all season. Corey Dillon said on my show that you you can he thinks you can get better and get to 100 yeah. percent long. And I think Joe's kind of saying that too. As long as he doesn't have any more setbacks, and that's that's the thing we gotta hope and pray for that. Joe is smart about it. The Bengals are smart about it, which I think they're going to be, and, and they don't have any any uh, setbacks at all. Well, I agree, because he's probably around the clock 24-7. You know, they're probably checking him up, how he's doing, getting, like, you know, massage his calf, doing all that stuff, like trying to get that, you know, the muscle or the ligament, the tendon, you know, back to normal. Like, yeah, that, that type of quarterback, you know, he's a he's your friend strike quarterback. He's going to get all the treatment, you know, around the clock treatment. So, yeah, like he's going to be okay. He's going to be fine, you know. We saw we saw Monday night. He was selling some balls, like he was selling it. Oh like, yeah, it, it was off. You know, it was, it was and off. I could yeah, tell, and I could there. tell, and I could tell he was going up body more. He's not going stride and all that stuff. But we gave him time. I mean, the O line gave him time. Thank you. It just thank you. And I think I think he was like you know pants. Like he needs to trust the line. You know, the line's going to protect you, and and all guys going to go be open all that stuff. You know, so. It, like, but we're gonna see a different Joe Burrow and all that stuff. I think he's gonna get more comfortable in the pocket and all that stuff. And we're playing Tennessee Titans, in which they are bang up, 
because they got killed by the Browns. I mean, it was ugly, nasty. That defense got disposed, which we will dispose them on that. And they shucked out Darren Hammond. And the Bengals are going to watch all game film from last year, you know, in the division and the Browns, you know, games film. Like, cause if you stop Derrick Henry, it's over. Because you see Ryan Tannehill, he cannot win the game with something. You got Hopton, which Hopton's not like he was in Houston, Texas. And zone, he had a little down downgrade with that. You know, now he just, he's a nobody. It's like a Julio Jones kind of situation. Because Julio Jones was a beast at the Falcons. When he went to Tennessee, he was nothing. You'd barely even hear him at all. So, like, it's like, we're going to be okay. Joe Bush is going to have a fantastic game. And I think Joe Bush might said he needs to manage the game, not win the game on him. Because we got Joe Nixon, who's been consistent three games in a row. And I told you, Shaw Bay, we got to get him going. Mm-hmm. We got, If we get him going, that will leave the punch off Joe Bush. He don't have to win the game on a short end. He can just manage the game. Look at the 49. Look at um Block, um, whatever his last name Black is. Party. Yeah, but – he is a game manager quarterback. He's not a game a quarterback who win the game by his arm and all that stuff. He just man's game, use his weapon. That's it. Go short yard. Don't have to go deep. You know, we go deep, couple passes. That's great. But just man's the game and went. You know, and we be all right. Trust the running game. Get that going. Get Nixon going. Then after that, T. Higgin, Jamal Chase, Tyler Boyd. We see a little bit of Tyler Boyd. He did a little bit of good. But he's still not tied bull that we know the past years and all that stuff. And yeah, T. Higgins dropped, did some drop, some pass it, but he's gonna be all right, you know. I mean, I think, I think, you know, like, you know, the call is in, catch the ball before you run. And that pass in fair, that was a bogus call, you know. Come on, man. Like, like he's gonna have a good game because we score a touchdown, and then everybody forget about him dropping the ball and all that stuff. So, exactly. but no, we're gonna it's like we're gonna be okay. Joe Bud is fine, you know, he just gotta be smart and not and don't take risks. You know, during the game, if you have to run, slide. Just slide right. down. You know, don't don't try to force anything. Exactly. All right. So it's it's Thursday night. Thursday night football. We got the uh, Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions here. Now, I've got a question for you. Are you believing in the uh, Detroit Lions? Do you think they got a got a? Are, are they a team that's uh, uh, that's going to make a change this year? They got a shot of beating Green Bay. In Lambeau tonight. What's your thoughts? Oh, I'm a believer, Detroit. Look at last season. They they almost made the playoff. They made a almost they made a running a winning streak like us. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer. They're gonna win the division. Vikings own free. Bears is a hot mess. That is a dump anxiety. Like Justin Field is. I mean, I feel bad for him because I'm a Buckeye fan. But golly, it's it's. I don't know what to say. I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the whole team. Because the organization is just ridiculous. You know, just so much drama with the different corners. He left, you know, heard that this allegation that he might get criminal charges. I don't know what type of criminal charges it is. They got smoked by Kansas City and all that stuff. And it's just bad. Viking, they're trying to find a way to win. Green Bay is the hey, only team Lo- that- Love is an actually pretty good quarterback. I mean, he's, he's right. playing better than, you know, I mean, I don't know what I thought, but. He's he's doing pretty good. I mean, I think it's gonna be a, a, a good game and, and a close game, and it'll right. be a huge oh, yeah. win if uh Detroit could beat them in Lambeau. I wonder when the last time Detroit actually beat Green Bay in Lambeau was. I mean, I have no idea, but I don't I think it's, it's been, been a while. while. What yeah. oh oh last year, last year. Oh, that's right, they Andrew did. Russell. I forgot because they knocked yes. Green they knocked Green yes. Bay out of the playoffs. Yes. So last so, year will will they repeat? I mean, that's the thing. Will, they will, will. will. you, you got you they will. Detroit C- tonight. 
Oh, yeah, Detroit, because Jared Goff is a different man than he was in L.A. Ram. And he got a, a often corner he's working with it. Jared Goff is doing good. I mean, he did all right with the Rams on that stuff. But now, like, he elevated game. They got plays around him. They got playmakers on that stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to Detroit win. People pick Green Bay to win. I'm going to Detroit. And Detroit will win that division easy because they are a team before. And they will make the playoff. And I hope they get that first playoff win like we did a couple years ago. And also. Yeah, Detroit all the way. They're going to win the division. I'm calling it. I love my Viking fans. They watching it. I'm sorry. I love you guys. I'll see you in December. I'll make it up to you. But Detroit is the team to win the NFC North. So you got a score prediction for tonight? Ah, uh, you know I hate this crap. So it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a close game. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 21 the 17. All right, I'll go 21 21 10. I'll go Green Bay. I'll go the opposite of you, just just to be okay. I'll, I'll do it because because I I don't know because because I'm just like I don't know I can't see Detroit going on a back to back games beating. Uh, Green Bay in Lambeau. I think that's gonna be tough. I, I'm not saying they can't do it. I just think it's gonna be gonna be tough. But I, I'm I'm hey. definitely gonna be watching it tonight for sure. Hey, it's the NFL. You know, it's different every week. You know, exactly. it's different, different tie, different everything. You know, Lions have become like they want to match after with Calvin Johnson. But they, I mean, they're gonna win the first playoff game. I'm calling it right now. They're gonna make make the playoff and win it. Yeah, uh, Jared Goff is a different quarterback. I, I was watching uh, McAfee today, and I, they were showing something uh, where it looked like uh, Goff made a play, and then he started talking shit to the to the guy, the linebacker, is like on the ground. I'm like, I don't think he'd do that in in, uh, in L.A. He seems like he's no. he's more confident in, in himself than he was when he was out in L.A. Right, exactly. And they got a good coach, Campbell. He's a heck of a coach. Even, you know, he played yeah, after the press conference, you know, the, 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 the knee bite, biter, ankle biter comments, all that stuff was a little weird, but yeah, I, I like Cam. Right. I think he's, he's a hell of a coach. Oh, I love, I love Cam. He's a great coach and they finally have a coach finally. Cause they've been, they've been looking for a coach for a long time, but he had that team just working hard, grinding. Cause you know, Detroit is a grinding city and all that stuff. You know, it's a hard hands all that stuff, you know? So, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, I say, I, I'm glad the line's doing good. I'm glad. Like I say, they're going to win the division. I'm calling it right now. There you go. You heard it here first. So place your bets on the Lions winning the division. If it's wrong, go talk to this, this guy right here. He did it. <laughs> <This part. laughs> right, right. He's, he's down lot one. You can find him. He's got the orange beard. He's doing this the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, man. All right, let's roll on to, to our thoughts on uh, the Bengals of Tennessee here. Um, we went down into Tennessee the last two years. And mm-hmm. and beat them. Um, yes. Last year was Ted Karras game. You know, up yours, Tennessee. Um, yes. I think we had their number. I think we have we we figured out how to stop King Henry. You and I, I always mm-hmm. say last year I kept saying King Henry is king of nothing when it comes to, to the Bengals because we've stopped him. I mean, Mike Hilton comes off the side, puts it like a crazy man, bat out of hell, oh, yes. and drills him and, yes. and stuffs him. And so I mean, took his leg out. Took yeah. his oh. leg out. He's Swiped like I was in the end zone when they was going the upside, and I saw Hill just untouched. Well, it's just like Dex Dex Hill. You remember Dex Hill with that sack with Matthew Stafford? Holy oh, Jesus, I, dude! I told him that today at, at, at practice. I said he's walking out. I, I said Dex. I said you lit Stafford up. He had his big smile oh, face. He said thanks. Exactly. I said, but he oh. drilled him, dude. It was. It oh, was awesome. it was. 
Oh, it was beauty. It was beauty. I mean, we got pressure on match seven. We just got to do like that Ryan Ten here. Cause, oh, my. Trey Hickson, he's back what he was, you know, for you. We signed him. Sam Hubbard, DJV, oh, boy, BJ Hill, Logan Wilson, two picks. That's why we pay the man because he's the best pass coverage we got on that team, you know. And, I mean, I, and you know, defense – we yeah, we gave up big plays, but it was so different than the Ravens game because they got in the red zone, they couldn't do nothing. We locked them down, we shut them down, all that stuff. We only have them um put one third down. That was, you know, when they scored that touchdown, that was just, you know, you know, playing for Ventees. So but we're gonna see a we're gonna see the same defense kill it with Tennessee this week. And so yeah. I'm the, we shut down Dick Henry, it's over, then we can just pin our ear back and just go with Ryan Tain Hill all day. Exactly, and, and our defense, like you said, can pin their ears back and go after because I can't name one guy on their offensive line. Or I, Dale, I was on Bengals Brewers for a little bit. He read off who the offense starting offensive line was for the Titans, and I don't know any of them. So I mean, right. and I, and I don't want to come in overconfident because I hate, and I don't think the Bengals will. But no, we sacked uh, Stanford five times, six times, could, or six, six, times. six, six, six times. It could have been eight times <laughs> if they freaking yes. couple of big penalties. We sure yeah. as hell should be able to, to to get Tannehill on the ground, and I don't, I'm not to be mean, but maybe you know after he gets done and gets ass kicked by the Bengals again, he'll have to go talk to somebody again because that's what he had to do after the right. uh, the playoff game against Tennessee. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident that we can go into this. Now, one thing I, I did a little video about this earlier today, and uh, people have said this um, that okay, say the Bengals win this week and they win next week, you know. There's thought process going out there that, you know, well, maybe we should sit Joe Burrow till after the bye week. And, you know, and then what if we're three and three on the bye week? And what if, you know, you can 100% guarantee that he'll be fine? There's no 100% guaranteeing anything, in my opinion, that Joe Burrow will be fine even after you're sitting because you sat him for five weeks for, before, in, in training camp. He played, he started practicing a half, a week and a half before the first game. Mm-hmm. And he, aggravated again at the end of the second game to me why would you sit him and I, i'm like i don't know about you mark i will take an 80 percent jackpot joey over a 100 percent jake browning or aj mccarron what's your thoughts oh i i agree with you 100 i had somebody in the game on monday put aj mccarron i turned around like are we gonna start this crap no don't start this crap because aj mccarron here i'm gonna tell you a story agent kim mccarron was not a team player he is not there i have the inside scoop that he was selfish. He was complaining, like, why I'm not starting all that stuff. I want two NAT champions. Like, dude, this NFL is way different than college football. Right. And you and he calls us during that first seed, during that Demo Bronco game, that Monday night game. He calls us the game. And he and during that playoff game, you can see he missed wide open players because he only lucked down with one guy. That's it. He's not a quarterback, have a head on swear. Trust, like, he can look here. Then you have your YC, but you tie in, break in, and, you know, and all that stuff. So, yeah, Asian McCanny, he's just a good backup. Yeah, XFL, he did good, but that's like a junior varsity or peewee football league and all that stuff, which, which you see that XFL and the USC after they, their motion this year? You see that? Yeah, I heard something about that. What What, what, yeah. what, is, what is the details on that? I think I think, I, I think they're going to have one big league, and they're all going to play each other, you know? Really? Yeah, that's, that's so what, my what thought. Are they, are they playing in the springtime? Yeah, springtime. Be next year, not well. This I think this upcoming year and all that stuff. This up true top. But yeah, I'll take a Joe Bud any day because you know Joe Bud is the guy that can win us the game. We can't oh, send him out if we send him. Like you know, we talked about this last week. Can't send him out. He's he can play. Let him play. 
freaking mass a pass from my home play with a freaking high ain't sprinkle joining the AF like the S like AFC oh, division. Yeah, last free game and all that stuff. So I mean, we got Joe Bud is the only quarterback who can win us the game. Like, you know, is, and, like I said, I he he all he's gotta do is is make sure he he manages it, which I think Joe did a really good job of managing that, it oh, Monday night. And he okay. did. And he, and he did, and you know, and that's and that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah, like you know, last drive we kind of threw the ball in a tight window. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd did caught that. It's just that that what Rams corner did a heck of a play, stole the ball out of his hand, which we should just kept on running the ball and ran the clock, at, you know, ran the clock out. But yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow is our guy. I mean, he's a guy. Don't send him out. He's okay. He can play 80 percent, like I said, 80 percent, 90 percent. I'll take him over all the backup definitely. So oh, let's quit this talk. Let's quit this talk. Joe Burr is going to play the. He, we're going to ride him the whole season to the playoff and win this Super Bowl. You know exactly. And the thing is, like I, I, I kept saying this this weekend, I had a lot of uh, drunken head coaches uh, by me yeah, <laughs> in the stands. Right. And they, they kept yelling to, to throw the ball deep, and I'm like, he he's having a hard time being accurate. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He's not gifted with that. Like like like. Right. like Cheer and said on my show yesterday, he has to have all his mechanics in order. And with him having this leg issue, it makes it more difficult for him to, to do that. Now, right. he can do it. I mean, he, the shot to tee, like you keep talking about, that was a perfectly thrown ball. It was right yeah. there. Now, the ones that he was throwing uh, out were the, a lot of yeah. them were off. I mean, it just that, that's yeah. not Joe Burrow. And that is more of his mechanics. And like Joe said yesterday in his press conference, the more he goes, the longer he goes without reaggravating this thing the better it's going to be the better healthy he healthier he's going to get so those those plays are going to come I, like i said i saw joe make one of those passes in practice today hit t mm-hmm. on the side and 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 he was fine it was, a, it was a really good play so we just got to be patient and i agree with you what you said before we need to get mix it going run the ball and and, right. and people people said this like well zach taylor you know had joe drop back 49 times Joe audible audible out of a lot of those, <laughs> you know, yes. that's one thing people have to understand. Joe is given two plays most time. And a lot of them with RPO. If he pulls it, that's on Joe, you know, and, right. he, and he's just taking a three-step drop and he's getting the ball out like what, three seconds or something like that. It's, 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 so he's not back there hanging on and trying to make plays or anything because he can't, you know, but the offensive right. line is giving him plenty of time. So me personally, I am not worried about Joe Burrow. Yes, do he, can he aggravate it again? Yes. Do I think he can like really, really, really injure it again? No, because I think this offensive line is gelling, and Joe is is managing it very well. So I, I do think that Joe is going to be fine moving forward, and it's going to get healthier. Uh, will it get fully healthy? I don't know. We'll we'll find out. Right. Exactly. So, but I mean, yeah, all line game and protection. So he needs just to, you know just trust the line, and we we gave him time, you know. So. Yeah, we'd be all right. I mean, we're going to be okay. And what's so great about that, we got Jamal Chase. Because last year, Jamal Chase got hood them five games. And we won them games, what, four out of five games or something right, like that? Right, right. So we got Jamal Chase, which he have a heck of a game Monday night. Let's carry that over. Don't go deep. Have him go short. And use. And he's an open space guy. Use his quickness, his speed, to go five, ten yards. Then he make you know, 20 25 yard at the catch. That's the big one they do. Then you, we go deep one time. Let's go deep one time. How you know? did you like how uh, Zach schemed uh, uh, Jamar open? Because I did a lot more stuff to try to get. Oh Jamar my open. god! Like, I'll tell you that that 
that touchdown, you know, with Joe Nixon, he did that fake bootleg and all that stuff, and Jamal Chase was wide open. That was that was pimper perfect play right there by Zach Taylor. You know, yeah, like like we need to do that more. Just do that more. The play calling was a lot better than the past preview game and all that stuff. So, but yeah, Zach, you know, Zach just didn't keep doing like we did against this upcoming against Tennessee and all that stuff. So. Yeah, we're, I think we're going to win big this, this Sunday. You know, we just got to come out and fight all cylinders and, you know, just score and start out fat. Like you say, like make the team chase us. And Rams did that on Monday night. They chased us. That second Absolutely. half, the whole second half, they chased us. Absolutely. And, and the, the, the the one guy I want to give a shout-out to is uh, – or people have been giving him kind of a hard time where I, I saw him make some, some improvements is Miles Murphy. Um, if you saw him on the almost where he almost blocked the punt, he, yeah. I, it, was, it, it was in our end zone that we sit mm-hmm. in. Mark, he demolished the blocker in front of him. Right. And he missed blocking it by that much. I told him today at practice, I said, dude, I said, that was awesome. He's like, yeah, I was that close to get it. I was like, I know. And then he got in on that uh, sack with uh, Sam Hubbard. So he's starting to to make uh, progress in, right. in, in and- where we we all expected him, him to be. So that, that that's the way he played, uh, way Trahers played. Joe Sosai mm-hmm. should hopefully be completely a hundred percent healthy, and he'll get some more, right. more, more snaps. Because I like to see him uh, get, get some more time on the field. Because I really want to take some snaps away for Trey and from Sam, so they are more rested and ready to go uh, come the playoffs. Yeah, and the second, you know, second half and all that stuff. We got so many flesh body. We can use so much, you know. Like that's the beauty of it, you know. Uh, we are so depth on defense. It's not even funny. So somebody needs some believer, take them out and all that stuff, you know. And we got guys who can make impact play. Like my Murphy, he's gonna start, you know, getting better each game. You know, because he's a rookie. You know, he's gonna make some rookie mistakes. You know, he's gonna make some mental health. But at the same time, he keep on proving, say consistent. He's gonna be. That's the reason why we drafted in the, the first round of the draft this year and all that stuff. So, and, you know, Joe, you know, and we get people back healthy, we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to be fine. Like, all defense, I'm not worried. You know, we're, we're lights out and lose. He's going to draw some stuff. I mean, because we kicked that field goal six to six, I know we're like, we're going to win this game because our defense going to keep on playing. And the offense is going to start grooming. And they did. And you see that we was moving the ball downfield. Yeah, we picked the ball twice. We did not capitalize on touchdown. It, it could be – it could be – we should. We scored 14 points. Logan Wilson picked the ball twice. We should score 14 points. I think we settled, what, one with a field goal. But – and we create turnover. We create turnover the 10 seed. We got to capitalize with touchdowns, you right. know, not field goals, but touchdowns. So, yeah. Exactly. All right, so let's roll it in here to, to some Reds talk. Um, unfortunately, the Reds had, I think, won't well, – I don't want to say it's a nail in the coffin loss yesterday, but it didn't help. <laughs> I mean, I, they got three. They're off today. They got three games left. Yeah. I, I, I'm not feeling good about the Reds right now. Uh, even if they win all three games, we still need a lot of help. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, it was a great season. I'm, I'm very happy with the way Bottom. the Reds played. You know, I can't wait till next year. But I don't know. What, what, do you think this the season's over for the Reds, or, or or where are you at on them? Well, I I've not been watching the Reds lately and all that stuff. But I saw like on Facebook the face reaction after they lost. I think they's like, "Yep, season yeah. over." Yeah, it, that's, that's kind of we, we got a lot a lot of things got to happen. Crazy thing, which it can happen. But way the player faced it after they lost to Cleveland last night, they say 
Well, we gave it a run. We gave it a try. We gave it a run. I mean, they have yeah. opportunity. We was first. We was first place one point, and they they got on that losing streak, and they never recovered from since then. There you go. All right, Mark. I appreciate you, man. I know you're helping your friend move. So tell everybody where they can follow you at and uh, what you guys got going on down at Lot One. Yep. Oh, you mean Longwood Hall? <laughs> yeah, Longwood Hall. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Hall. Uh, Facebook, you know, Facebook, Mark Walter, um, Twitter, X, Third Down Guy, 03, and all that stuff. So, yeah, follow me. I will follow you back, be friends with you and all that stuff. Let me know you're going to be at the game. We can meet up, take pictures, and, you know, talk, chat, and I want to get to know you and become your friends and all that stuff. And I'm planning on going to Arizona next week, next weekend. So, anybody going out there, let me know. We'll meet up, party, and all that stuff. I know Bingo Jim had something going on. So, lot one, next week, next home game, will be last Sunday, well, last month, my, my bad, last Monday, we raised $1,075 you know, you know, shadows. I mean, hey, I told my friends if we keep on making make one thousand dollars every home game, I'm okay with that because right. that's going to a good right. cause and right. make money. And you know, we're doing a great thing. And I think I'm gonna get a whole like Ted Carrot's hat foundation. Maybe try to get autographed, you know, hats and all that stuff, and get his jerseys. You know, maybe I'll talk to them guys and shoot them match and all that stuff. So there you go. All right, man. I appreciate you. Have fun in Zona. Have have fun uh, wherever you're watching the game at on Sunday. And uh, who day? Yep. Who day, baby? See you, Jeff. See you, guys. All right, guys. That's uh, Mark Walters. Uh, Nate or Neil will be joining us here shortly, and we'll talk uh, some Bearcats here. Uh, but yeah, let's get to some more Reds talk here. Uh, Paul says uh, they have to sweep and hope. I agree. And still a great season. Lots of rookies and injuries. I mean, let's just. Talk about what this red season was. We all went into this thinking they're going to lose 100 games again. Half the guys that are on the team right now were not here opening day. There, we started an infield of all 21 year olds a couple of times this year, and, and like Paul said, the the the, the injuries, the, the pitching. The starting pitcher never came around like I had hoped it would because I started this season off thinking, all right, comes down to see how good Hunter Green is, Ashcraft, and Lodolo. I was like, those three guys, you know, hopefully they make a jump, you know, and, you know, that, that'll be a stepping stone to 2023. Didn't even expect L.A. Day Cruz, Matt McLean, uh, CES, uh, Marte, all these guys to come up, Abbott. All these guys that come up and play and pitch as good as they did. I'm so excited about next year and the future of this team because we have so many young guys and they're all controllable. They're all on cheap deals. I'm really curious as to what the Reds will do. They have got to stabilize this pitching staff. We need starting pitching that can go more than four innings. Uh, we need to upgrade the bullpen. Um, we could use another stable bat in the outfield, stuff like that. I mean, it's not a ton of stuff, but it is all doable. And Joey Votto, his contract is coming off the books. You know, I mean, I think last this past Sunday was his last game as a red. I could be wrong. But it's it everything's pointing that way. It seems like it. The Reds have they're gonna have so much freaking money that they can do 
all kinds of stuff. I don't think they're going to go out there and go crazy, but I think they are going to do stuff to make us a competitive ball club next year. And I'm not even saying competitive. I want a team that has a chance to win the World Series next year because that's the type of talent that we have. Brad here. Uh, the Reds need to buy a bullpen over the winner and a number one starter. I agree. I, I don't know about buy a bullpen. They need to help the bullpen out because, I mean, look, this bullpen got thrown a ton. They threw a ton of innings. There are so many guys. I, I, I can't believe their arms haven't fallen off yet. And I, I, and I know the, the nine-run <laughs> lead we lost is awful, but that's what happens when a bullpen gets overused. So that's where we need multiple starting pitchers. Um, I don't know if you go out and get it because I mean, I still really like the four guys, Hunter Green. I'm hoping Lodolo because when Lodolo was was healthy, he was pitching really good. Hunter Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Ab. I really like those four. You got Connor Phillips and a fifth. I mean, so these are all young guys. I mean, me as a Reds fan and, and wanting as many, I'm right now, I would love as many young guys on this team to be able to play and pitch great because they're going to be here for a while. We're not going to have to worry about losing them. You know, and, 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 and that means this team can be good for a really long time. So I really still want to rely on the young guys, but we need to sprinkle in some veterans in this pitching staff, uh, sorry, pitching staff, the bullpen, and just in the, on the team in general. So I don't know if we actually necessarily get, need to get an entire new bullpen, but a couple arms here and there would help. A, a starting pitcher would help. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what the Reds do. I'm still going to watch them because they deserve to be watched. I mean, obviously Sunday, I'm not going to watch them. Just, I'll be watching the, the Bengals game. Maybe I'll be flipping back and forth. But it's just been so much fun watching the Reds this year and, and what they've done. Paul here. Even though David has some weird lineups, he is deserving of manager of the year. I, and Paul, it, it kills me. I can't disagree with you because there's been so many times that I'm with you on the lineups, man. He drives me nuts that on some of the lineups that, that he does uh, and some of the moves that he does. But other times it works. So I can't, you know, and he got him to this point to, to where they're at. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's gotta be at least in the running for manager of the year. You know, I'm trying to think who else would be in the running right now that, you know, I mean, cause I mean, he literally took a team that lost hundred games last year and they're at, I think they're at 80 wins right now or over 80 wins and fighting for the lives in a playoff race with multiple rookies. I mean, and if I don't, we, we've, the Reds have stolen the most bases since I what was a stat last night. It was the Tempe Rays in 20, was it 2010 or something like that. I, I don't remember something like that, but yeah, it, it was, it's, it's been so much fun watching this team, watching how aggressive they are. And that's one thing I wasn't a big, I didn't know how to put this. I don't know how the rules the new rules that, that baseball came up with, I didn't know how they were going to work. I didn't under, I mean, I was always uh, of the mindset, like the shift, like just, I kept saying, just bun it down third baseline or, or wherever, you know, bun it the other way for the shift. They'll stop shifting, you know, but they wouldn't do it. 
So I finally had to change the rules so they can't shift anymore. And then the three batter minimum, I didn't get why. And I still, I still don't understand why the bases being wider makes teams run more. But all of it worked. All of it worked. The, the, the games are faster. There's more balls in play. The, 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 the speed is back to, to, to the game. It's back to the game that I grew up loving. So I, I've really enjoyed that aspect of this year, uh, too. Uh, I see here, Paul says, Council will probably win it, meaning manager of the year. <sighs> Hasn't he won it already? I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be, it'll be interesting. We need the Cubs to lose. We need a lot to happen. The Cubs got to lose. Uh, and the Marlins got, got to lose. And we have to go down. And I, I, either way, I would love to sweep the Tweety Birds just to end the season to really just shut their season down, their miserable season. Cause I don't know about you guys, but it's been so much, so enjoyable seeing St. Louis not be that good and us actually being pretty good. So I, I have really enjoyed that part of it. All right. I uh, just got uh, Neil says he'll be on like 15 minutes here. So we can uh, keep the uh, Reds conversation going uh, until, and then just give me your guys' thoughts. Brad said, um, a bullpen. What uh, other things do you guys think the Reds should do in this offseason? Um, I think, like I said, I think another bat in the outfield would help. So, because one thing, I love Will Benson. I do. I love Will Benson. But he can't hit. He's, I think he's pretty sure he can't hit left-handers. Jake Fraley, that's a platoon. Do we want a platoon going forward, or would you rather have one guy and have those two coming off the bench? Just thoughts. I mean, I love both those guys. Um, Spencer Steer, I think, is the MVP for the Reds. For a rookie, again, <laughs> for him to come up and play first base, third base, second base, left field, and he did play right field, all as a rookie, has been unbelievable. I mean, and he does it flawlessly. I know his 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 numbers for the outfield aren't the greatest, but he does pretty good. I mean, he gets he gets to a lot of balls. There, there are some that get by him or whatever, but you don't ever see him make any egregious errors. And his play in the infield is just slick. I mean, he plays really good wherever you put him. And that's one thing like him and 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 Marte. I've really enjoyed watching both of them field. Marte can really field the ball at third base. I, I think he has done a phenomenal job. Now the power hasn't come yet for Marte. Like I think it's going to, but his defense is unbelievable. And that's one thing that's good that I remember last year when, when the Reds kept making trades and everybody's like, why are we trading for all these shortstops? And I kept saying like, if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere. So I would I said I take all the shortstops you can get if they can hit and they can play shortstop you can put them anywhere they're they're at the most athletic guys on the field and that's what you have you know I mean and I love Jonathan India but I have a feeling that he may get traded uh, in the off season because I don't see him as a a DH uh, Matty Bats Matt McLean is a better defensive second baseman than India is. So 
if you're you're going to do that, you want your best defensive players out there. I mean, I, Marte, Ellie, and Maddie, and CES. I think it's going to be our future infield next year. Um, Australian left, TJ Friedel in center, and then right field. That's the one where I think you might upgrade there. Um, but yeah, I could see India being on the trade trade block because he hasn't had the greatest year. He's been injured. And they already have his replacement. And I love Jonathan India. And there's nothing against Jonathan India whatsoever. But you're going to have to make some moves to do something. All right, Brad. How do you think the infield will look next year? Who will be? Yeah, okay. I just I just answered it. Yeah, I think it's going to be Marte, Ellie, McLean, and CES. Um, and Steers will be your left fielder. And then he'll be your backup third baseman, second baseman, first baseman, you know. Um, and the thing is like when I was talking about, you know, Jake Fraley and, and, and Will Benson haven't been able to prove they could hit the, you know, the opposite, uh, pitcher, opposite, opposite handed pitcher. TJ Friedel has proven that this year and he is becoming one of my favorite players. I love watching him play the outfield. He plays at balls to the wall. He's going hard every single play. And, dude, he's one of the only players that I see wearing the old uh, Major League stirrups. So <laughs> that's pretty cool uh, watching him do- wear those. Maybe they're starting to come back because everything comes back, you know, uh, after a while. Paul here. Uh, the Reds won't exercise the $12 million on Joey Votto. No, I don't think they will either. But I think he is a leader. The teams need, need I say, $1 million, $1 million uh, to $5 million. I don't know. I I don't know if they're going to or not. I mean, I don't know if, if Vado is going to. Because, I mean, if you look since he's gotten back from his last stint on the injury list, he hasn't done a whole lot. And I love Joey Votto. I don't know. I mean, yes, the leadership, yes, I agree with that. But if he's not productive and he can only play first base and he doesn't, and he's not going to hit for enough power to be your your DH, which I mean, I dur- during the middle of the season, I thought, yeah, that because I think Joey Votto made a conscious effort to get back to just pulling the ball and trying to jerk it out of the park and hit it as hard as he can, hard as he can. And in the middle of the season, he was doing that. Since he's gotten back, it hasn't really gelled for him. So, and that's the thing for me. It's like you know, he'd be your first baseman DH kind of like what he is now. But if you're going forward, you really need to find a productive, a very good productive uh, DH, you know? And, and I, Votto, you don't have a bench player that only plays first base. Your bench players are guys that play multiple positions. You know, usually the guy can play, you know, short second, third, you know, second, third, first, you know, here they go out to, to the outfield. I mean, those are the guys that like Nick Senzel. I mean, Nick Senzel is a great utility guy. He played outfield, he played third base, he played first base, he played second. You know, that that's the kind of guys you need on the bench. Now, I do agree we need a, a veteran leader in this in this team. And that's where I think Joey Votto will help this team. And I'm not saying they won't bring him back. I don't know. I'm just at this point, I'm leaning more toward that they won't. In the middle of the season, if you watch any of my shows, I thought they'd resign. Um, uh, but I'm kind of more going more toward that 
I don't think it's going to happen. Even though this is Novato, because, you know, beginning of the year or middle of the year, Votto's like, you know, I'm just enjoying playing baseball. I'm having so much fun, you know. I just want to play as long as I can. And now he's like, well, it's really not up to me. It's kind of out of my hands, you know. To me, it kind of sounds like he doesn't think he's coming back to the Reds. And then that goes to will will Votto play for somebody else? Because he's always said he wanted to play his whole career with the Reds. So where does he think he's at? Um, Physically, um, mentally, you know, is he seeing the ball get up? Can he get around on the fastball, the inside pitches like, like he used to? And I just, I've just seen him not, not I want to say he'll look lost. He's just not there. Maybe he's still injured with whatever, whatever the injury was. I don't know, but that's kind of where I'm at on Joey Votto and potential of him coming back next year. I keep checking my phone, seeing if Nate's going to be on sometime soon here. So let's get into a little bit of the bear. I said I was going to do Bearcats. Show. I haven't talked to Bearcats at all. I keep waiting for, uh, Neil to get on here. All right. So Bearcats playing their second Big 12 game versus BYU. It freaking starts at 1030, which absolutely sucks for Bearcat fans. And that's one of the things that is going to suck going forward being in the Big 12 because a lot of teams are out West. So we are going to have these late games. I wish it was, you know, 1030 Saturday night because I could actually step and watch that. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bearcats come back from these last two losses. Because, again, the offense looks good all the way up to you get in the red zone. And, and they look good, I thought, against Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma is a hell of a team. I'm not taking anything away from Oklahoma. they got NFL players. they got a hell of a defense. But we were in that game. If the Bearcats could make one or two more plays – it could be a little different. I'm not saying we'd win, but it'd be at least be closer. Now it rolls into BYU. Is it's be UC's first Big 12 road game. And now we're going against BYU, who's another new member to the Big 12. And how they deal with the time change, how they deal with, like I said, BYU is no joke. They're, that's a pretty good, pretty tough place to actually play. Like I said, starting at 10.30 at night is going to be a big deal and a, a hard thing for uh, the Bearcats, I think, to deal with. What's your guys' thoughts on what Sat has to do to change this offense? Because I don't know if it's very imaginable when we get down to, to the red zone. Now, one thing Joe Klatt said on the broadcast – last Saturday. And I never really knew this, but he said the bad thing about the transfer portal is most of these guys on offense weren't here for spring ball. They just got here for, for the, the, the training camp at at higher ground. So they are a little behind on, on getting the timing and the rhythm and where Avery wants to put the ball and stuff. It, 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 one thing about football, the more I've watched it and the more I've talked about it, is you have to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice to make sure you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. 
Because if you miss an assignment by that much, it sets the play off. And that's where I think the Bearcats are at right now. Of just being off just a little bit. You know? Uh, hoping Neil get on here soon. <laughs> um, But that's kind of my thing. I think the defense has actually played pretty good. For the most part. I mean, like I said, in the Oklahoma game, we were, pre- we, were, we were in that game. It was a close game. We just couldn't make the plays to get the ball in the freaking end zone. And that's what they have to do Friday night in BYU is get the ball in the end zone, finish the drives, which is what they were doing in the first two games. I mean, it, it looked like it was easy. I thought we were going to like, oh, man, we got our quarterback. We got our wide receivers. I mean, we're good to go. And then we went to Miami. Miami came here and beat us. And then Oklahoma came here and beat us. <laughs> so that's where I'm like, where'd that imaginary offense go? Because we're not even taking deep shots. And if we are taking deep shots, we're missing them, you know, or the guys aren't catching the ball or they're not making the plays. And just when we get down to the to, to the red zone, it's just like we feel like we just want to keep running the ball up the middle and not trying to take shots to the corner or fade routes or, or just different stuff like that. That's where I think they need to do. Uh, Paul here. Does a transfer portal hurt JC transfers? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I could ask Neil if he ever gets on the show here. <laughs> he said he would. Um, I could ask him because I'm not. That's a good question because, I mean, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in. Corey Dillon. Uh, he was a Juco. I mean, that's how he got to college. And, and I, I'll tell you a quick story that he said on um, Bengals and Brewers, which I never do this, is that he wasn't going to college. He took a job as a janitor for a while and kind of decided that, you know what? I have all this talent and everything that God gave me that I don't want to blow it. You know, going around, and be, you know, he's like, I can do this for the rest of my life, being a janitor. I, and I don't blame him. Nothing against janitors. Everybody does janitor work. The guy, that's awesome. But Corey's like, I have a chance to be a professional athlete. I should probably take advantage of that. So he went the JV route, ended up at Washington, then ends up at Cincinnati. That's, you know, that's so to the JV transfer. It's a little different than a transfer portal. I'm, I don't know how all that works, to be honest, Paul. It is really the whole transfer portal and everything to me is so confusing and the NILs and all this stuff that I keep track of. I, I I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh Brad, uh it has to it has to less they are really they are really great JCs. Oh, it has to I mean I don't know. Like I said, how does it uh How's it has to? Like I said, Brad, I'm not sure. I, I wish I I knew the answers to that, but I don't. So let me uh, text Neil here. If he's not going to get on here soon, I'm going to end this thing. <laughs> Are you going to jump on soon? <laughs> I've been rambling on for 51 minutes, and I thought he'd be on. Poor chop. What's up, man? I am just hanging out, pretty much talking to myself, waiting for Neil to jump on. Because he was supposed to be on uh, about 51 minutes ago, and he's running late, so I'm just talking. 
<laughs> so you're not missing a whole lot. I'm trying to find out if he's going to come on. Uh, all right, he says. All right, he said he got settled, so he should be jumping on here shortly, and we can ask him his thoughts on if the uh, transfer portal hurts uh, the junior college people or not. And he is in the waiting room. We have been waiting with bated breath for 52 minutes, but he is here. And now you guys can ask him all the Bearcat questions you want. Here is Neil Meyer. What's up, Neil? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Sorry about Good. the delay. Obviously, uh, I told Jeff this beforehand. I'm actually coaching high school volleyball right now, so got caught up with some stuff at the school. Had a had a good practice, so got caught up at the school. I'm coaching in Alexandria, so that traffic was a little bit oh, of an wow. issue. Yeah, it's so, a little bit of a drive. You apologize for it. <laughs> so, all right, we already had a, a question that I couldn't answer. You maybe have a better uh, answer than I do. And uh, Paul here wants to know about uh, the JC transfers. Does the transfer portal hurt the JC uh, junior co college transfers at all? Does that is that uh, hurt it at all, or, or 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 do you know? Me personally, I I don't think it hurts it at all because the junior college transfer portal it's kind of a route a lot more people are taking nowadays. Like obviously, like UC has landed two significant transfers out of the junior college portal between the basketball and the football side, obviously basketball, they landed Davion Thomas out of the portal uh, for basketball. And you, if you watch this tape, like, you know, the bounce the kid has tremendous level score. Like he can get up there. Like, I think it, they clocked him out like a 39 inch vertical at like five foot 11. So, nice. so he's a guy who can really score on all three levels and the elite defender and elite score. So, I mean, anytime like the junior college, and then you look at the football side, like they just landed Jabril white mm -hmm. literally a week before the season out of the portal or a week before like higher ground started. So they landed him out of the portal on the football side. And that was a guy who hasn't even allowed a touchdown at the junior college level. Obviously he's still getting acclimated to what uh, he's yet to do here at Cincinnati. But you think about the potential there. I mean, if you can get his feet wet there, guy who's never allowed a touchdown. I mean, there's other Bearcats who are never allowed touchdowns. Or, I mean, we're not going to compare them now, but look back. I mean, it's name sauce. Who was it? That has yeah, something to do with Yeah. <laughs> So, I heard of that guy. <laughs> so, I mean, I think personally, like the junior college transfer portal, it doesn't hurt. I, I, me personally, I'm a fan of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously junior colleges, you only get to two years. So, I mean, it kind of sets the people up like the lower level guys. Like if I'm a high school prospect right now and I don't have any offers and I'm hitting the junior college route to keep playing, right? go in there and you bust your butt every day and you can go in there and you can turn a lot of heads. Cause I promise you, like they're watching tape anywhere. You don't, it's not about where you go. It's just a matter of who sees your tape. Exactly, exactly. All right, so let's roll this to uh, Bearcats versus BYU. Uh, it, the time of the game sucks. <laughs> it's 10.30 our time, so it's going to be uh, a late night for Bearcat fans. Um, what do we – I think the line is the Bearcats are favored by two, which I, I which I think is kind of surprising after we lost our, you know, our last two games and we're going into BYU. Um, what's your thoughts on going – first UC's first uh, Big 12 – uh, road game and uh, thoughts on going to BYU and hopefully come out with a victory. Yeah, well, first off, you mentioned the spread. The spread's now at uh, two favoring UC. Mm -hmm. But for many people who follow sports gambling, whatnot, that spread, it's it's been tricky the last few days. Like, it's jumped five points. Yeah. It's been all over the place. Like, I know mm -hmm. some sites have even kind of pulled it off the betting things from what I've seen on, like, social media and all that. So, I mean – Honestly, it's that's a tough environment to go out there and play. I mean, you're 
Lavelle Edwards is a historic stadium for one. Mm-hmm. And then you got to play the elevation is going to be a huge factor. Like it's, it's going to be like, you're going across two different time zones. So anytime you're playing at elevation, like it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but I think for them, like they're already out there. They left earlier today from what I saw on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, they flew out earlier today. So they'll probably get a practice in late this afternoon. They, they got time to adjust to that, that environment. Obviously it is a late night game, which it does suck being a 1030 kickoff time here. Right. So it does suck being a 1030 kickoff time. But overall, I mean, personally, like the, if the big 12 environment for Oklahoma was like no other, like you had big noon, big noon kickoff. You had your first big 12 conference game. Like I know me personally, I was up there checking out the big 12 noon kickoff crowd at like seven o'clock. And there was people lined up like since he lights, like, just destroyed on the ground. Like they were just getting absolutely, absolutely turned at 7.30 in the morning. Like, they knew – they understood the atmosphere and the environment. Right, right, So, right. I mean, the energy – like, if you can – I think they finished with, like, 40,000. I believe it was, like, the 10th largest crowd in history on Saturday versus Oklahoma. Nice. But heading into Lavelle Edwards is never easy, as we mentioned. But thankfully, there is a guy on the, the Bearcats and Dan Grziak who – played at Utah state last season mm-hmm. who kind of knows what that elevation is like. So we asked them earlier in the week, we're like, Hey, like what advice do you guys, are you giving to the guys in terms of the elevation and whatnot? And like the environment, cause obviously he played BYU last season, Utah state and BYU have a rivalry that is no longer being played since the uh, move to the big 12. But right. overall, I mean, he basically just said like the stadium will get loud, but Nippert stadium's louder. <laughs> kind of hit him with one of those. Like he kind of gave him bulletin board material, but I mean, he's not really wrong. Like I know a lot of these, like everyone knows, like I kind of travel and cover the team and go check out these other stadiums and whatnot, but there's not been a student section or any other stadium where you, they are right on top of you, like Nippert mm-hmm. stadium. Mm-hmm. They're exactly. like right on top of you. Like it might be 40,000, but it feels like they're 65 in there on a game day. Exactly. And like you've, you've been like, you feed the energy, you sense it. And you feed off of it. So, I mean, going in there, like, it is BYU's first Big 12 conference game at mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So they know what to expect. They know it's going to be a sellout. But thankfully for the Bearcats, they just went through that atmosphere with Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. they know what it's like mm-hmm. to go into a stadium and play in a Big 12 opener. I mean, exactly. especially we're talking about a team that really kind of brought the defense. Like, I mean, you, anytime you hold Oklahoma to 20 points, that's, like, great. Right. That's exactly what I say. Our defense played good. Neil, it was, it's it's our offense that's driving me freaking nuts. We can go up and down the field. We get in the red zone, and it's just like our butt cheeks clinch up, and we can't, we can't get in the end zone. I mean, is this is this a a coaching thing? Is this the guys just not executing? What what do you think the problem is of not being able to get into the to the the end zone here in the last couple of weeks? Personally, I think it's just execution. I mean, you look back at the Miami game, they had plenty of opportunities to put that game away. Yeah. Well, what I'll say about the Miami game is obviously it's a game in the past now, but Miami did a great job there in the red zone. They they did a great job. I mean, they stacked the box. I mean, everyone kind of kind of knew what Miami would expect. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knew the first play was going to go to Larbadane. Everyone kind of knew that on the offensive side of things. It sucked how it played out, but everyone kind of knew like, hey, like they're going to take a shot deep right off the rip. And they just happen to connect and set the tone early. But overall, I mean, you're looking down at the red zone struggles. I think it's just that 
inability to execute. Like the play callings are there, but we have to kind of find a way to get in the red zone. I mean, they're now 15 straight possessions without a touchdown. Yeah. Which is huge because they're moving the ball well. I think they're like right. top 15 in the in the country in terms of total offense. So they're moving the ball. I mean, heck, Corey Kiners ran for 100 yards in two straight games or two mm-hmm. games this season. Mm-hmm. Ryan Montgomery had it like the offense is balanced. Like you're putting up for uh, really close to 500 yards a game. If I had to imagine, I mean, I was at the pit game and that was a game where they came out and splash play, splash play, splash play. Brett took advantage of the red zone opportunities because then Pitt kind of made their adjustments and they were there. But for Oklahoma, I think that was the big key. Like, hey, your defense is getting stops but they just could not get something going in the red zone. Like they had plenty of chances to stop. I mean, looking back at the Oklahoma game, you have a third and 19 from the three yard line and you have them backed up. And then the running back breaks off a 19 yard run to move the chain. Yep. Oh yes. Results in a touchdown on the other end. So, I mean, I was agonizing, agonizing watching that. Like, Oh my goodness. Stop them. Oh my goodness. We, we were watching that play unfold. And then we just kind of looked and we're like, Oh, the guards pulling. There's the hole, and then he busted it up, up through the guard, and then went outside with it. And we're like, "Yep, there it is." Like we kind of saw it develop, but overall, right. I mean, you just can't shoot yourself in the foot. You got to find a way to stand tall and and execute. That's right. the big thing uh, that they're struggling with right now is they're just struggling to execute. I mean, they know the playmakers they have, mm-hmm. but I think right now a lot of teams are kind of scheming for the run game, which is fine. I mean, obviously everyone knows Emory Jones can do a lot with his legs. And they also know the power of Corey Kiner and the running back tandem. So well, we got some good wide receivers too. That that's the thing. Yeah. It's like we we need to get them going. That's and, and we saw that in the first two games. That's why I'm waiting for them to get, get back to. And Emory Jones is a good quarterback. I mean, I, I he's a good college quarterback. It's just we got to get. I, I keep saying it. We got to score. They got to figure out somehow to get in that end zone. If they only got in the end zone a couple of times, we could be four and zero right now. I mean, yeah. I, I we we were in the Oklahoma game. I don't care what people say or what the final score was. We were in that game. Our defense played really well. But I mean, we make a couple plays on offense. That Oklahoma game could be completely different. Yeah, no, and absolutely. I mean, you look at the defense for my uh for the Oklahoma game. I mean, heck, it seemed like Dante was living rent free back there with Dylan Gabriel. Like, I mean, there was one the guy thought the Don <laughs> where he he took his O lineman back, like I think it was like nine yards, and he just pancaked him. And we exactly. all kind of looked at each other, and we're like, or the uh, Big 12 linemen, this ain't your AAC linemen where they're like 260, 270. Like, this is a grown man, like 330, 340, and Dante just pancaked him. Like, that shows the strength and the accolades that Dante is getting is true. But, I mean, right now, I think they just got to find a way to execute. I mean, we talked about – you mentioned it. They could have been 4-0 heading there. Oklahoma Mm -hmm. was beatable. I thought they really did a great job on the defensive end. But, I mean, we kind of all talked. We're like, maybe if they lose one game in non-conference, everyone kind of thought it would be Pitt. Yeah. But that Miami team is great. It's a good team. It's a team that a lot of people are overestimating. Like, yeah, it sucks. Like, it's the rivalry bell. You haven't lost to them in 18 years. But that Miami team is a team who, like, Brett Gabbert is a quarterback who is, like, he can do a lot of different things. And, I mean, 16 years, like, you know, you're going to come out with energy. And then once they come out and they hit an 80-yard bomb, like – That's the thing. Yeah, they, they, they played, in the world after that. Yeah, Miami played like they had nothing to lose. That, that was the thing. They played, like, loose like they had nothing to freaking lose. That that's was the difference, I think. And, and, and the, the, just sh- the shots that they were taking and con- converting on was surprising to me. That, that was the difference in the game. Well, also, they blocked our freaking field goal if you, you know – Get like Jim Kelly told me if you get they're supposed to get her like two inches over more to seal the gap up, they would have 
<laughs> they would have kept the uh, the block and would have kicked the field goal. We would have won. So it wouldn't matter. We lost our first game against Oklahoma. But yeah. Anyway. So but yeah. Right, so good. I think the defense, I mean, if you can anytime you can get a performance out of the defense, like everyone knows the defense is there. I mean, yeah, they there are some pieces missing. Like, yeah, Sammy Anderson's been out for the last three games as they still figure out what's going on there. But like that's it, that is a huge piece. But I mean, Justin Harris like had a rough a rough start. But he settled in great last week versus Oklahoma. I thought personally, I think obviously you just had to have times and then you had uh, Deshaun Pace was unavailable for the Oklahoma game. Yeah. People have their questions. If he's available, what what kind of happens? Obviously, everyone knows the playmaker that DP is. Mm-hmm. But it kind of questions like Ken Willis is a true freshman, a redshirt freshman. This kid first start, he goes out there versus Oklahoma and gets nine tackles, a tackle for loss. Like that's not an easy game where you're just – throwing somebody in there mm-hmm. like i mean heck if i was a redshirt freshman and coach is saying hey you're starting this weekend versus oklahoma i, I don't know what i would do i don't know <laughs> but he handled it really well and i right. i think it's great because now they see what he has in that depth piece mm-hmm. obviously uh they expect Deshaun pace back for tomorrow night's matchup versus byu coach satterfield said earlier this week so overall i mean heading into byu i think if you can get the offense going early and i think the biggest thing, like I was watching BYU's press conference earlier this week as well. Like the biggest thing for them is they're have not, they have no run game. It seems like they're struggling to get the run game early, like just get it involved. Like they know that Keaton slow, like everyone who has followed college football, like BYU's quarterback, Keaton Slovis is in the same situation. Emory Jones was in mm-hmm. Keaton Slovis is on his third school. Emory Jones is on his third school. And you look at Keaton Slovis where he started USC, then he goes out to Pitt for a year where he puts up decent numbers at Pitt, and then he says, yeah, let's jump back in the portal, and then he ends up at a BYU. Right. So, I mean, you also got to think this is a BYU team who is pass heavy, mm-hmm. but with the team like the Bearcats who are going to bring pressure, they're going to want to get up there, and they're going to make you attack. I mean, Brian Brown loves to get after the quarterback, get downhill and attack. Uh, we've seen that. I mean, heck, five sacks versus Pitt, two the other night versus Oklahoma. I mean, another top 10 defense right now in terms of standings. But if they can get back there and make Keaton Slovis, like, life quickly back there, if they can make him suffer back there in the backfield and they can cause some pressures, they're going to be fine. They're so going to be fine. will come down to, to, to the defense making, uh, again, pressure on the quarterback more than the offense actually converting touchdowns, or, or, or is it a mixture of both? I think it's going to be a mixture of both. Obviously, the biggest thing – everyone kind of knows as we talked about with the elevation level out there, you offense has got to find ways to move the ball successfully mm-hmm. and not keep the defense out there. I mean, we look back at the Oklahoma, you uh, see stats, Oklahoma had the ball for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if BYU has the ball for 35 minutes in their home stadium, just running defenses down that that's wear and tear, especially on that level. Like, that that's going to be a huge problem out there if they can just run tempo offenses right and keep it going but obviously like no team's faster than what Oklahoma does like everyone kind of knows oh, that, that. They're ridiculous. that fast tempo yeah they're ridiculous fast. but overall BYU's not the Oklahoma I mean if you ask me where I put them in my preseason poll I think I put them 10 so I had UC above them I think I had them 10th or 11th BYU so I mean I wasn't too impressed with what they have done I mean obviously they're three and one on the season but you're looking down at their who they have played. Like it's Sam Houston. They won 14 to nothing. Southern Utah, 41 to 16. Arkansas was a good game. 
yeah, uh, they did beat Arkansas. Like, Arkansas is a good team. But this is a team coming off a 38-27 to 27 loss to Kansas. And Kansas is a really good team, too. Right. So they're coming off a loss. They're going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think if the if the Bearcats hold true to what they believe in, and that's complementary football, if you can get it going in the air, you can get it going in the passing or the running game, you're fine. We saw what Mason Fletcher is capable of doing when the ball has to be punted. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of knows that. Like, you know, it's going 50 yards plus. He's, like he's an well, NFL punter, and, and he's going to be punting in thin air. So he's going to fly even farther. <laughs> Yeah, everyone knows if they have to give the ball to Mason Fletcher, they know he's able to flip the field with it. And that's a dynamic weapon there in itself. Like, anytime you can get a guy to boot it 50 yards, like, heck, take it. Exactly. Take now, it. speaking of that, Brad wants to know, will they have issues with the ball sailing at BYU? That's a great question, Brad. I think they might, obviously, due to the elevation and stuff we talked about. But that that is a great question. So, I wish I had a definite answer. Obviously, they might do different game planning. I don't know how – just uh, run the ball, team. run the ball, run it down a throat. Don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and tried to establish the run game early. I mean, especially with the levels to where they can get caught up there. I mean, unless they see they can take some shots. I mean, you're looking at a wide receiver room. That's probably the seventh tallest in the nation. If I had to guess, like there's some big guys on that roster. Like D Wiggins is six, three, Braden Smith, five, 11, Donovan Ollie, six, two, Evan Prater, six, four, like there's some, they got some dudes out there who are, are big dudes. Like, were you surprised when they did the trick play and the wide receiver threw the ball that it wasn't Evan Prater throwing the ball? I was. No, because actually, so Braden Smith is actually a court. He played quarterback in high school, ah, and okay. he has a history. Like he's thrown five touchdown passes in his career at Louisville. Yeah. All right, so he's he's got a history of throwing the ball a little bit. I think he's like ten for nineteen throwing the ball, like two hundred yards or like eleven, ten for something. Like ten, it's a good. It's a good completion rate, but he's thrown for like right. 200 yards and like four or five touchdowns. So, and I mean, you look back at the throw, I mean, heck, the one at Pitt was a dot. Yeah. And then he had the one uh, in another game that was a dot too. So, I mean, I think it was the EKU game maybe, or one of the home games, You he put that thing on the money. And then everyone kind of knows, like Evan Prater's size, like if it is Prater, I know everyone kind of asked like about the transition. The transition happened because he had a shoulder injury that not many people knew about heading in. Like a couple people knew about it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him go out there. And Evan Prater, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him sling it a couple times this season, at least if the opportunity comes. Hey, hey your, your uncle, Uncle Batty said, what's up? If you, if you can see that or not. <laughs> what's up, Matt? <laughs> All right, dude, you've been on for, well, I've been on for a while. You've been on for a little bit. I appreciate you coming. I'm definitely going to get you back on. Again, sometime soon. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you at and articles you got written and anything you want to plug before I uh, let you go here. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at MeyerNeal6. Well, Twitter or X, whatever it's called yeah, now. Tw- I call it Twitter X. Or, or Chad Brunner calls it Twix. I call it that. <laughs> but you can find me at MeyerNeal6, and you can find all of my work at thefrontofficenews.com. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel that we are slowly building. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. We're currently at about 450. So it's uh, the front office news on YouTube. If you guys could drop a follow, we'll have all of our recaps, players, uh, interviews, press conferences, all that good stuff. We upload them to our YouTube. So if you guys missed something and want to check it out, tap into our YouTube. We got you covered. Awesome. Yeah, I just I just started following them. They, I think they follow, followed me and I followed them back. So there you go. Go, go check them out. Neil, like I said, we got football. College football is cranking up. We got basketball coming up soon. So I definitely will get you back on again sometime soon. Appreciate, appreciate you, brother. 
Yeah, I appreciate you. Sorry for uh, staying, keeping you so late due to coaching. So that's a, hey, hey, next happens. time I'll be on it. <laughs> I got you, man. No problem. Take it easy. You as well, man. See ya. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I wish I could have had Neil on longer. I will get him back on, and we will definitely do some more deep dives into uh, UC football. But let me get to the live or the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream. And of course, I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hude Nation, Hude Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter X, we're gonna call it Twix and Threads. Uh, Twitter X handle is at Jeff A. Turnable. TikTok is at Iceman90. It's all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. Just look it up. You'll be able to find it. YouTubers, you guys are awesome. I'm at 2,367 subscribers. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, I'll be pulling on sound off later on tonight. Put on the podcast is on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a five-star review and a comment. Sports says they fans to find my podcast. So if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter X and you haven't subscribed to my channel, please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button and the bell for notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. All right, guys, you have a wonderful day. I'm going to go watch some uh, Thursday night football. I'll see you live right back here tomorrow at 530. And that's your sports, baby. See ya! Cincinnati, we gon' rise in the, in the jungle. We-